Welcome back to the Football Index podcast. Today, I'm joined by someone making their long, long, long-awaited debut. Ben, or Benigno, as some of you will know him on Twitter. You were one of the first, kind of, I don't know, two or 3,000 people on Football Index, right? Yeah, yeah. Joined back in January 2016, so it's um, been a long old path since then, but... Yeah, generally a good path, so mm-hmm. been good fun. I think I just beat you on the the user count though, but maybe three, four hundred. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Was, I'm pretty sure it was sometime around January, February of that year, because I kind of looked at it for a few weeks, and then, as everyone does, decide to make the plunge. And um, yeah, quite early on, but yeah, it's been good fun journey since. <laughs> and then you, uh, you were one of the first kind of guys on Twitter, really, like one of the first bigger accounts. So. Why don't you dig into your journey a bit more, like, uh, you know, on Football Index itself? Yeah, so I started probably, like, January 2016, um, and actually linked that Twitter thing. I remember being on Twitter, and, like, I've been on for a long time anyway, but mainly just looking at football news and sort of, like, sports news in general. Came across, I think, I've noted down the five, I think it's five, yeah, five names that I always remember that the first Football Index Twitter accounts I saw, so it's obviously RC, um, classic. Um, I remember DNA as well. Um, Nils, yeah. Yeah, Nils, yeah, he's been on, hasn't he? I think he was one of the first, like, 500 people on the platform. It's crazy. Yeah, it was, like, October or something, literally, like, the day after it it went live, but that's pretty cool. Um, Then Football Index Chat, I think, was on pretty early. Mm. Um, So we all know Rooney for Buzz, Johnny. Then the legendary Mark Ed- Mark Edgar yeah, as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah that's a, yeah, not seeing him for a quite while. the five aside team, isn't it? Yeah, quite a decent. Get them together, see what happens. <laughs> so yeah, they, I literally just followed them because so I was like, "What is this?" and um, try and find some people that have been on it before. So I followed them, saw the odd tweet. So then got into it, kind of January, February. I think one of my first purchases was Wine Alden. Mm. I think he was still at Newcastle, but I literally just bought him because. He scored in like a random Premier League game, which I think is what most people do. Then went through, I remember buying a load of Charlie Austin and <laughs> never being able to sell him because of the old sell queue issues back then. Um, I remember the first share split, which was pretty big, just watching that unfold. Um, now I'd say the, so I kind of like probably had about 500 quid in maybe first few months and then when I really went big was the the whole Pogba saga that was, I think, that summer of 2016. Yeah. So basically saw that he, he kept on winning it. Um, didn't seem too much risk, although obviously no risk compared to now. But like I thought I'd just plough money into him and pick up that uh, 5p each day. And um, pretty much went from there, yeah. So I was in decent profit. And then, yeah, it's got got lucky with a few things. Went quite big in Neymar before PB was announced. Um which resulted pretty well. Being through, obviously, being loads of lows <laughs> as well as highs, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto. But um, yeah, it's been sometimes a stressful journey, but can't really complain at, at making the amount of money that a lot of us have. So um, yeah, definitely worth mm. it. But a lot of fun, bit of nerves, but yeah, can't complain really. Yeah, you're someone who's, who's quite clearly held their nerve quite well, though. Yeah. What was the thought process behind kind of? You know, that moment that people either kind of choose to keep this as a fun thing to do with the, you know, 100 quid, 500 quid, 1,000 pounds or whatever. But the people that do decide to go bigger and, you know, that's all depending on how much expendable income people can have. And we always preach to not bet more than you can afford to lose. What was your thought process when you did go a bit bigger? 
Yeah, so I think I've been sort of that March, April sort of time, I've been picking up quite regular wins with Rooney. So I think I went on a trip to Ireland uh, in the summer and basically paid for it all just from like Rooney buzz wins before, what was it, 2016 World Cup? I imagine he, he must have still been playing, mm. playing around then. So it was pretty much that confidence. So I know often people say, yeah, get on, get a feel for it. Then you kind of gain confidence when you've put in a little bit of money of money and then you have that extra disposable income basically just tucked away and you're kind of like well what if what about if i to put this all into rooney or all into pogba so it's kind of building up that confidence from rooney and his wins and uh pretty much went from there um and then obviously after all the money that pogba brought in i was a fully fledged football index um i'm not gonna say addict but <laughs> football index lover yeah Definitely not addict, but definite lover. <laughs> nice, nice. There were definitely, I mean, in comparison to now, pretty dull times. I mean, it was quite easy to win, but in terms of kind of the volatility in the market, it could sometimes be quite tepid and quite flat until something really good or really bad, as you know, we'll probably go on to discuss later in the show, yeah. uh, happened. So um, what's been the most important thing for you to, to have happened since the start of the platform? Well, I quite like how I've gone about it, to be honest. Um, I think it definitely was boring, boring in some ways. Like, I mean, you're winning money every week, so it can't be that boring. But the market was pretty um, stagnant, not much going on. Hmm. So I think maybe they left PB a bit late. But yeah, that's got to go down as like the thing that really brought it to life in a lot of ways. Because before then, there were probably five, ten Premier League players that were going to win media buzz. Well, you got like the odd Carrick win, which was a bit ridiculous. Um, <laughs> sign new contracts, that kind of thing. Or but for a testimonial. That, you see all like these foreign players like Neymar, Messi. They're all kind of like worth a pound. But then Rooney or, well, at least Rooney was playing well. But there are others that are just like Premier League, standard Premier League players that might win media occasionally. Neymar, Messi virtually never did. So PB was like an absolutely massive thing. If they hadn't brought it in, then... Yeah, it probably wouldn't exist. Yeah. It probably wouldn't exist right now. Yeah. So it makes it a lot more fun. And obviously it's brought in extra ways to win. And actually they go on about using your football knowledge to win money. Well, media was nothing to do with your football knowledge. It was literally just pick the most popular player. <laughs> PB has its flaws, but... At least at it's least closer, it's, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like you see someone like, not the obvious ones like Neymar Messi, but someone like Duvan Zapata last year at... Atalanta like scored a few goals went up in price one PB if you're an outsider looking at that that makes sense Mm. so yeah it has its flaws but that was the massive game changer I think for me. It definitely was I think I could have imagined you know setting up the business that that was something that they always had in the back of their mind but obviously like Opta data is pretty expensive it obviously costs a lot of money to create a a mechanic as PB is so in terms of MB was kind of the proof of concept and then you've got the when you've got the proof in the pudding and a bit of cash in the bag you go to Opta and pay the ridiculous fees that you have to pay to get that data and then yeah. you create the PB dynamic that has made this platform kind of jump into yeah. into a new dimension since then really what I can't really believe is um when we were kind of what was it like a year and a half maybe before PB came in like we we're kind of all sitting there like just ignoring the fact that I remember a few discussions like our PB could come in or not, we obviously didn't call it PB, but like something to do with fancy football style. 
but no one really went big mm. on it. Like when you look back, it sounds like ridiculous, but a little bit of foresight and could have made absolutely loads of money. But yeah, if uh, if PB had never come in, then not sure if Football Index would still be here, or it would be, but it'd be would be a very small platform, nothing like it is now. So yeah, really, really big achievement and really good, good addition. It'd be certainly a different platform, wouldn't it? But we, we had a lot of questions, Ben. Like I had to very much pick and choose because there were so many across not only Twitter, yeah. but uh, other communities such as the Forum and uh, the Football Index, Index Gain, Slack community. Um, but before we get into those, I just released the latest episode of the Squad Builder on my YouTube channel. So please do check that out if you guys haven't done so already. If you guys haven't subbed to the podcast yet, what are you waiting for? Please do so. And if you've already subbed, uh, why not leave a review? I, I like reading them. It's great to see them there. And it just makes the podcast look a bit better. Get the Football Index name out there a bit more. Uh, so we'll move on to some miscellaneous questions. Uh, Index Profit Hunter, you seem to keep relatively quiet on Twitter. What do you like and dislike about the FIA Twitter community? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I do keep relatively quiet on Twitter. I think I go in going phases with this so sometimes I'm a lot more active and then basically get a bit pissed off and uh leave go back into hiding and um don't really want to come out again for a while um so in terms of likes um I like seeing the profit pictures I know somehow this annoys people that someone putting up their profit on Twitter and some people just say oh you're just showing off and it's not realistic or this just shows that the prof um the whole football index is just fake kind mm. of thing like but I, I quite like it it draws people in um none of it is fake as we know it's just to, just good to see people profiting so it is nice to see that um despite the fact that people complain about <laughs> it um there can be some interesting football debates um i mean usually someone's got something in the back of their mind about a player they're ready to pump at some point but there can be some interesting ones between different fans i like winding ross up about man united that's one of my favorite <laughs> bits about twitter so that's always good and just generally when people do explain the rules to new people get them involved um i think initially first year or two twitter was actually people won't like me saying this but twitter was a lot nicer mm. um people got on a lot more sort of Banded ideas around and did help FI to kind of shape not complete I'm not taking any credit for like Twitter followers um shaping FI, but I think there was some good feedback for FI, but these days it's mainly just mainly just people arguing and um pumping their own players and it can get a bit tiresome. So yeah, when I when I do come out of hiding it's just generally you put around a few tweets and then um you get someone arguing and just yeah, I can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, I do like to hide a bit these days, but yeah. Yeah, I think um, the pumping aspect has been a, obviously a hot topic recently. And FI have seemingly gone out of their way to try and combat this when it's very clearly coordinated and people are, are you know, just buying for the sake of buying to try and actually just raise the value of that player artificially and then obviously dump them but uh it's interesting to see them take that stance which you probably wouldn't have seen a year ago no um i think it's good i think the fact that they're increasing spread i I have a bit of a different view on Mm. this in some ways that at the end of the day it's gambling platform if someone's if someone's like stupid enough to buy a player because 
is up 30p without actually like having a look at why he might be up 30p. So I don't know, what was that player the other day? Like Hines, Hines, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel sorry for people that bought up 58p or whatever, but I also kind of think like, it's a bit like putting 10 quid on Sky Bet when something's 500 to one when you're drunk at night. Like if you've not actually looked into it, you sort of deserve in some ways to um, to lose some money, but obviously it's not good and people shouldn't be pumping. But yeah, I think it's absolutely fair enough for Windex putting as high a spread on those players as, as they like, really. I tend to agree. Uh, Daly's got a question here. Well, Ben is a legend. FI Guide is a legend. Thank you very much. And I'm obviously a legend. Very self-grandizing there. Uh, but how many other true Football Index legends are there <laughs> and what one quality defines us all? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit difficult, this one. I'm obviously going to say, no, I'm not a legend. So get that <laughs> out of the way. Daly must be a legend because he still speaks <laughs> Sunderland yeah. and they're still occasionally turns up to their games. That is, so. uh, that is mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dedication. That's, uh, that is dedication. Yeah. So fair play. And um, you do the pod. You put out so much. So you're, you're definitely a Football <laughs> Index legend. No comment. And obviously the head of the Football Index Twitter yeah, police as yeah, well. Self-anointed. So. Yeah, what more could you... Mm, mm. I, I do think that a lot of Football Index traders, people that have joined from user one to user, we're nearly 400,000 now, there has been so many times when those traders have had to been like resilient at some point um, that they do deserve yeah. to make quite a lot of money to, to this. But I mean, we talk about kind of crashes that happened with Ibrahimovic, Griezmann, when there was the big yeah. pre-PB massive, massive crash. That could have been the end of Football Index. Even recently when we had the share duplication, the deposit duplications, yeah. so many little things that at the time were really I big. I remember one thing that, yeah, one thing that really panicked me was, um, I don't really know why, because it only, only went on for like 10 minutes. But do you remember maybe last year, I wouldn't say panicked, but like I was a bit nervous um, it was sometime last year, and um, I do remember that I was on holiday. Down. I was like, "Oh God, no, please not." Now. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's <laughs> not good to happen when you're on holiday. Like I was at work, I had to, I like went outside, um, thinking oh, I was like my internet a bit dodgy inside. But no, I just went on it. It was like blank page, or said this uh, domain doesn't exist, and I was like, <laughs> which is so often the case when a company becomes defunct or, or kind of closes down yeah. but, uh, but they do that as yeah. one of the first port of calls but uh, luckily that wasn't the case yeah no no it's just a temporary thing and then uh, obviously we mm. we beamed mm. from there so no problems with that but yeah I think I think there are I think lots of people deserve that kind of status or at least some sort of like some kind of like congratulations like chat probably <laughs> yeah. um, football index chat the amount of like Pogba, Neymar, at times when they've been crashing, he's probably been the one that's actually like mm. stopped the crash by buying more and um, not causing everyone on the on the index yeah, to crash. So um, yeah, there there are lots of people that have profited and deserve fully. It's an underrated quality that kind of resilience to loss or that loss aversion to be able to just look at you know your portfolio dropping by hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands is he's probably done in the ups and downs of those players. And to just kind of continue holding. Yeah. I think people just say, oh, he, he had it easy, just joined early and just kept. But keeping for that long is bloody hard. It's kind of like when people talk about, oh, yeah. if only I'd bought Bitcoin in 2010. Well, you probably wouldn't have kept it till now. And that's probably lots of people haven't kept it until now. But Yeah, you sell on the rise and then you kind of like, 
well, should have kept or you or you sell obviously on the dip and um you again should have kept. But um my main thing, like my biggest loss, get straight to it is probably um Griezmann that uh what was it summer twenty seventeen maybe? Um Oh, that bad summer. Yeah, so I had a similar thing. I was I was up in a new city because I just got a new job, driving up, looking around houses. Sort of checked my phone and um, saw that Atletico had they'd got their ban extended um, mm. or something like that. I missed his um, missed the famous tweet. I think I came on Twitter about two hours later and um, <laughs> just checked my portfolio. Like, <laughs> look at Griezmann's like oh. seven grand down. Oh, that went well. Um, so, but it was kind of weird because I think I probably got more annoyed and sort of um, anxious about smaller drops. When I saw that, I was kind of like, well, at the end of the day, you've made loads of money. If you withdrew everything now, you'd still be a significant amount of money up. So I remember just sitting in the car park, uh, <laughs> eating a KFC. I was just like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. I'm seven grand down on one player, but sure, it'll rise again at some point. And um yeah, might as well just enjoy this chicken. So. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, I think it was Chat who was one of the only guys who held him all the way through, uh, which is crazy. But um, Mark yeah. Martin's got a question yeah, here. What are your thoughts play. about older FI users winning a Football Index prize competition at random? Is this unfair? Should prizes only be won by new users? I think this was after uh, he, he won the Pogba competition, didn't he? Uh, one of the media competitions and yeah. someone accused it. It just said, oh, classic, the old guard winning. I think he might have just won the um, was it that random giveaway for the hundred k the the footy he won hundred k quid didn't he, he? Might have won. yeah oh was yeah, it a thousand? I think he won yeah, a thousand I think well he played have, Mark yeah thank you won a thousand congrats mate <laughs> yeah well played but yeah obviously it's disgusting older oh, older users yeah. shouldn't be rewarded at all just all go to new users but um, no I think the main point is Chelsea fans <laughs> shouldn't be allowed to um, to win any yeah, money I so did. but no it was ridiculous I saw there was some some like Oh, standard FI Twitter police. Um, one of them won it. Completely ignore the fact that four yeah. other people won it. They're probably newbies and loving life, and that's probably more they've made on Football Index. But yeah, should at the end of the day, it should be a completely random draw. So if five people that have been on Football Index for three and a half years won it, then mm. fair enough. I do remember famously the guy that won the 10K, do you remember, in the 100K giveaway. He was someone oh, yeah, that I've yeah, never yeah. ever seen on Twitter ever in my life. And... Um, Granted, there were yeah. people during that run that won a few competitions. I think there was um, Profit Hunter, King, that have both been on the podcast, that both won. Um, trying to think of other people that won during that time. But clearly an assortment of people. It's, it's weird to have those kind of conspiracy theories. But we've got one more question. Metropolis from the yeah. Linux Forum. How did you find out about FI so early? He actually had three questions, but I've been picky. He was a bit bit greedy there. <laughs> I was loving it. Um, how did I find out? It was just free Twitter. I think their initial kind of advertising at the time was just with some of these big accounts putting on rather like ridiculous profits um, before anyone had actually made any profits. So it's all kind of through social media. So I definitely saw it on Twitter. Um, remember, like I was playing golf um, with my dad, and I said to him, "Oh, um, what do you reckon, football stock market? I know a lot about football, so." This could be decent. He was like, nah, it's never work out. Don't put any money into it. And um, yeah, kind of ignored his advice, luckily. Bought my wine out and I was on my way. So yeah, I think it was all through, all through Twitter mm, initially. Mm. 
Radio, uh, we've got some proper, proper football index questions now. We're really getting into it. Uh, SOTD, how are you setting up for the new season? If you had to choose one, which win mechanic do you feel will be your most immediate focus as the new season starts? Yeah, good question. Win mechanic's an interesting one, uh, picking one out. I always feel like IPD is kind of an extra for me, so it's not something I focus on at all. Um, it's a nice little bonus if I'm play- buying like any player. Occasionally, if I see they're a player I might want in the future and I see they've scored that day, I might pick them up, but it's not really something I particularly plan for. So it's definitely a nice extra, but not something that I really go for. I think if I had to focus on one, definitely be a performance buzz, but the way I'm set up is a mixture at the moment. So I've still got a few dwindling transfers, which I'm kind of, so I went into summer, sold off quite a large chunk of my portfolio actually to go into transfer players. And once they rose a little bit, about 20%, I put a kind of rule. Um, Once they rose about 20%, sold them off. I'm still stuck with a few, but mainly Mm. the ones I went big in. So I won't name names, but um, yeah, I've got a few big punts. I'm still, still hoping for something there, but we'll wait and see on them. The longer we go with so few deals, I think the crazier the, the end of the transfer window is going to be. And it just feels like there's yeah. so much business to be done, was it? I think the first moves got made for Griezmann today, was it? The... Yeah, apparently Barcelona are probably going to snap him up in the next couple of days. Yeah, so that's the first kind of domino, is it? Yes. Um, I, I still can't believe they're going to be able to sign him and Neymar. I'd be mental if they did, but still, yeah, I still can't see that one, but... Obviously, from an index point of view, as long as Neymar's sort of kicking off, um, it's good for media, so I don't want to discourage that at all. But yeah, I've got, I've got a few that I'm hoping hoping getting some Man United links, but um, we'll see. They seem to be more interested in buying championship players at the moment, <laughs> so unfortunately, I'm not set up for any of them. But um, So yeah, I've, I've got a few transfers, but looking to get out of them after a few links, I think. Um my main main core of my portfolio is kind of focused on younger but proven mm. players. So probably don't want to get into it. But the likes of Greenwood and Brewster don't float my boat at all. But the ones that the ones like Sancho, Havertz, um, plenty of others, got a little list that I'm uh, creating. So I'm in on, in on quite a few of them. So I feel like unless they're one season wonders, most of them done it for one or two years. They're relatively proven and they won't have any of that negativity because of mm-hmm. their age. So, And I think because they've had one or two years, their stats should only increase. So I'm hoping hoping that they do quite well. And then I've got a few holds. I don't think it's really taken off yet, but when the media's mm-hmm. opened up, so I feel like, especially if something happens early on, say like, I don't know, I won't name names because I've got a few of them, but if um, Premier League player who wouldn't have been in the top 200 won it early on, then I feel like there'll be a massive overreaction. People just go into loads of different ones. I don't feel like that's happened particularly so far. So I've been building up a few of them. But the main the main focus is young, proven players who should have a decent chance of PP at some point next season. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So the it's you know you specified not only the win mechanic but the type of players that fit into that win mechanic, which is uh, pretty interesting. 
Uh, Football MDJ Mel has got another question here. Uh, with only a month until the new season, what's your take on the silence from Football Index about the following? Whether in-play dividends will continue and whether there will be any changes. When IPOs will return and whether there will be any changes. The outcome of the PBE survey and whether there will be any changes. So uh, what are your thoughts on this, Ben? Varying. So start off with IPDs. I, I can't really believe there's not been an announcement on this yet. Um, I think the longer they give it, the more suspicious you get. Although I'm pretty certain that they're not going to get rid of it. Yeah, them. it'd be nuts at this stage, right? It would be ridiculous. Like, it'll be a massive game changer. I think loads of people would lose confidence in the product. But at the same time, like, yeah, well, I'm not speculating that they're, they're going to get rid of them at all, because especially as they increase them uh, relatively or quite a bit during the um, share split. I just don't. I don't really see why they haven't put a announcement out. Just say, unless they're waiting to build up to something, like they're increasing them. But I'd be very surprised at yeah. that. It'd be nice and easy. We don't always need a big build up to every announcement. Just put something out saying that they're continuing. Yeah. So that one I don't understand at all. Hopefully, by the time this goes out, maybe I'll have announced it. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so IPOs. Um, not clear when they'll return. I think there was a rumour, or is it Alex on yeah. Twitter? He may might have suggested this kind of time, but like, there doesn't seem to be any movement on them at all. I personally, although I think there is a need for them to a certain extent, I would prefer that when they came back, they'd either sorted any issues with bots and stuff, although that's going to be pretty difficult, or had fought up a, a new system, so... I don't think that's a particularly urgent thing to do, but I think, yeah, when they do it, it needs to be hopefully refined. Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. I mean, I can't think that the system that they use right now is scalable from the customer side in terms of if you scale your customer base, you know, having not 50,000, but 500,000 people trying to buy a, a player at the same time while Football Index could set themselves up to for their servers to allow like unlimited transactions, it's going to be an issue. It's going to put a lot of stress on some would say already quite ropey tech. So yeah, I hope that they've created maybe like a blind bidding system. But then it's a bit interesting because Football Index, when they decide a price, they're issuing a bet at that price. Do you know what I mean? So if that's decided yeah. by a user bidding blindly does that change whether or not fi can you know kind of i don't know it needs someone who's got more experience with gambling regulations than me i but i think something like that would work yeah i think it's true i think people forget quite often that gambling regulations are quite tight although there are quite a few ideas about how to improve it like at the end of the day it's a new bookmaker or not bookmaker but it's a new gambling platform and there's a lot of it they'll probably have to get approved. Although that sounds like a good idea, I can also kind of see the argument from FI's side that do they really care if um, at the end of the day if like people using bots own at a low price and more people own? I don't. Mm. I don't really know. It's a tough one, really, because that's that's more money for them yeah. at the end of the day, isn't it? And a lot of them are younger players that are probably never going to win dividends. But I do agree that it would be fairer and a better image for Football Index if they 
change the system. And the fact that it's been so long suggests that maybe they're working on something, but... Yeah, you'd think so, right? And also, I actually don't mind waiting a bit on the IPOs so long as the system or the way that it's put out when it comes back is a bit more robust and makes a bit more sense. Like, I don't mind... And I'm going to sound crazy right now. I don't mind waiting till, you know, September, October, if, if FI are confident in rolling out something that really works. I think maybe something yeah. that people can and, you know, logically have less patient with, I think overall is the IPDs not being kind of confirmed. And then the PB survey that everyone yeah. kind of took a bit out of their time to, to do just hasn't really been responded to. Yeah, that's that is a really weird one. I remember being quite keen on keen on certain changes, and then it came out. And I actually decided that although there are things that I thought could be improved about PB, at the end of the day, for me, uh, I wouldn't be too mm. bothered if it stayed the same. But the problem is they can improve the product, and I think they should. Even though personally, from like selfish point of view, I'm not too bothered whether they do change it or not. But it's just kind of again like. Same thing with IPOs. If they're going to happen or if they're planned to happen in September, October, I don't know, it's a tough one because we've also, or people have criticised Football Index in the past for making promises and then not going through with them. So I'd say it would be better with IPOs if they announced a date that they definitely knew they could get the players released for, like, say, even like October, November kind of time. But yeah, Going back to the PB survey, don't really. The longer it goes on, the longer you think, well, they're not going to make changes this late in the summer, are they? But maybe they will. Um, it has been a bit silent recently, so yeah. If anyone from Football Index is uh, is listening, then maybe put something out. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, it'd be. It would be good, wouldn't it? Because I, I feel like it's not really. We have these things on Twitter where eventually everyone's just talking about it and moaning about it. It's not reached that stage yet, but I reckon in a week or two, everyone's just going to be on it. So it's probably it's going to be less hassle for them if they make some kind of announcement mm. either mm. way. I think there's stuff that they can, you know, in-play dividends surely are going to continue. They're surely going to be part of the market next season. So it makes no logic for me for FI yeah. not to just say that. Um the IPOs, again, yeah. as I've just talked about, I'm a bit more patient on so long as, you know, they just don't bring them back like how they were because then it's kind of you just didn't get your ducks in a row and just didn't want IPO players, which from their side, they probably do because it, one, lowers the probability of players being paid out on the PB and MB side of things, but then it gives them basically a bit more cash. The PB survey, again, just don't really understand it. So uh, we'll see there where that goes, really. We've got a, a bit of a data section here now, again, uh, with our good friends from the Index Gain. Penguin has a question from the Index Gain Slack community. What are your thoughts on historical trends, previous performance, and how much should we base our PB buying on that? Are there any statistical metrics you particularly look out for during the season for players who the market has overlooked? I.e. Pulgar last season when he was utilised slightly differently, which led to higher PB scores. So uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, so I'd love to say that, that second bit when he said um, particularly look out for players that are utilised slightly differently, I'd love to like have the time and, and the inclination to do that. And I think people probably do quite well from looking at those kind of trends, but it's not something I go for personally. I think 
the first part of the question, historical trends. Um, I was thinking of this. It, it's kind of it's useful in a way. I remember the first season of PB. Uh, a few people did various different stats on looking at the um, at the scoring matrix and who did well the previous season, who would be good for the next season. Obviously, it came out with the household names like Neymar, Messi. But then there are other players like Insignia, who ends up doing well, but not quite as well the next season. And I think from PB season one to PB season two, there were players that continued their sort of PB scores, but they were relatively few and far between. Um, I think so many things have an impact. Like Pjanic was doing really well in the first season of PB, but Ronaldo comes in, takes all the set pieces, manager plays a slightly different way. Pjanic might um, play Hmm. a bit further back. It just affects so much. Um, Like Sarri coming into Chelsea, everyone thought their scores would go up, but they didn't necessarily. So I think rather than looking at historical trends, they're kind of useful if a team is settled and they don't bring in either new players or a new manager or change their formation or something. But I think, again, there's going to be massive variance um, from one Mm. season to the next. Um, So, yeah, for example, like next season, Fabian Ruiz is his name. um, Did really well at Napoli last season, but with Hamers coming in, like, I wouldn't be looking to hold him at all mm. just because set piece probably been taken from him. So it's okay looking at historical trends, but I think it's potentially more looking at the makeup of the side and um, manager and transfers make a massive mm. difference. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. Managers, I think we talked about it a lot last summer on the pod about Sarri and Emery and what was going to happen there. I think another interesting one is kind of formation in terms of you know, three at yeah. the back, four at the back, what's better for the centre-halves, what's better for the wing-backs. I think that's such an interesting thing to, yeah. to think about. But for, specifically for like a um, a metric, for me, I like looking at kind of over scores over a certain bracket. And uh, this is crazy, right? So I went and looked at the overs report on index gain. Last season, Havertz hit 180 eight times, but never one star man, that's right? He never won star man. And he hit 200 five times or more, 200 or more five times. And he never won star man. So, you know, if you ran those numbers just as data points in a simulation, like again and again and again, how many times would that happen where he doesn't win star man out of the five times that he hit 200 over? Yeah. So I think there, and, you know, he might never hit 180 next season. He might not replicate that. But if you're during the season, say if you looked at him and said, oh, you know, he's hit uh, 180 four times, but still hasn't won star man, you might see the potential for him to actually win that at some point because he's hitting those peak scores consistently. Yeah. So that's kind of what I like doing, looking at those players that are consistently nearly getting there, but not because people send, tend to only go into overdrive in terms of buying when a player wins, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I remember the, uh, the time Sterling, I think it was... Same day as Chelsea played Liverpool, so it was back in September maybe. Sterling got about 270 points and then somehow lost forwards to Neymar, who ends up getting 290 Mm. or something. So nine times out of ten or even more often than that, Sterling's winning. But yeah, it's probably better just to... Those stats on on Havertz are like massive. The fact he he didn't hit a star man is probably just a lack of luck really, but... um, yeah, that's good for you. Yeah, yeah. I th- yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because 
people do get so fixated on the wins but not looking for the potential wins. They like to have their kind of inklings confirmed, if that makes sense. So they think, oh, I think this player might be good and then buy when they win, not before, which is kind of counterintuitive, but it's just the way human nature works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, just on, uh, it's kind of linked to the last point, but um, on the historical trends bit, but talking about Havertz and how when they got Peter Bosch in, like, mm. was it January, February, and they just completely changed as a team. So I, yeah, managers make a huge difference. Formations make a huge difference. So if you can look into that and kind of find a trend for maybe three at the back favours the centre-backs, I'd probably say, um, just because, I don't know, might pass it around a bit more. But if you can find that trend and then pick up on it early, it's definitely mm. a way to success. Right. Anyway, uh, if you guys do want to see or look at some data like that, you can head over to indexgame.co.uk. And if you want a 50% discount off your first month, just use the code FIG2020. That's FIG, F-I-G, T-2-0-2-0. It's a great research tool, offers stuff like uh, portfolio management and monitoring, gives some great uh, player notifications and transfer news as well. So do check it out. Next question, the F-I underscore F-P-L addict. He's uh, changed his name from just F-P-L addict, converted. Uh, what level of growth do you see in the yeah. index into the next year? And with the Euros next year, do you see FI taking any advantage into this as a sign of kind of, you know, European territories being onboarded by that time? The first part of the question about level of growth, not really got a clue, but if you look to the past three years, three and a half years, whatever, all you can really predict is more growth. Uh, it's not particularly specific, but... Who knows, really? Um, people probably know, but they put out an announcement probably back share split kind of time that um, they're trebling the marketing budget at the start of the season. So that'll be huge. Um, I think traditionally this kind of time of year is quite good. It maybe falls away slightly in November, December, I think based on the past couple of years and then really ramps up in January sort of time. So anyone new to the index that hasn't been around that long i wouldn't be too surprised if um not if there was a dip around november but it doesn't keep on rocketing but maybe it's just people saving up for christmas or something but yeah the fact they're traveling marketing budget i can't really see anything but further growth i don't think there's any sign of, of anyone wanting to withdraw at the moment so so yeah all good all good on that side euros next year um European territories, I would be very, very surprised if any European territories Mm. were put on by then. I don't really see the need. Um, Initially, I was quite excited about this kind of growth into other countries, but the way we've seen it in Sweden, which is now defunct, um, Canada, New Zealand. Ireland's been quite successful though, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, Ireland. Ireland, but that's kind of for obvious reasons, like English-speaking not too dissimilar to like the kind of the UK market. So that, yeah, that was a good addition. That is still a foreign territory though. Like people kind of just tend to brush that off. They don't yeah. use the pound, for example. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. If I've done well to like the trader meet there and to sort of spread the word, they've done well. Um, I just think it's a bit more difficult in particularly in non-English speaking nations, which obviously Canada and New Zealand aren't, but. I assume FI haven't really put much money into marketing there, which I don't really blame them for. 
Yeah, I don't blame them either. I'm just looking at a few uh, metrics now. There's been, you know, several thousand downloads in Ireland uh, of, the, of the podcast. So whether that's any indication of, uh, of kind of the uh, yeah the growth there, I'm not too sure. But it's uh, it's certainly interesting. I think uh, it's probably still got quite a long way to go there. But tell me about the uh, kind of trebling the marketing budget. What do you kind of anticipate from that? Do you think FI would just do more of the same? Or do you think anything creatively new will come above the kind of not to say that it's not good the kind of way that they go about marketing at the moment but do you, do you anticipate anything different i don't know it's hard to know um just thinking about what other bookmakers do uh gambling sites do tv is obviously the massive one radio they're quite active on talk sport but maybe expanding beyond talk sport but then i know they had a bit of um advertising on radio mm. x for a while i'm not really sure if that probably, I have no idea, but I don't know if that helped them at all. I like the Nottingham Forest sponsorship. I think that's a really good one. Step up from Bristol Rovers last year, so that's good. Um, probably just say more TV advertising. I, I can't see, they've done the social advertising, done that quite well, I think, at times. Um, got quite a lot out of that, but I don't know. They've done billboards as well, so maybe it's just more of the same, but ramped up like more. More adverts on Sky would be massive, obviously. But yeah, specifics can't really can't really think mm, of too much. Mm, yeah, I think the TV stuff should be pushed more on TV. I think that's where you're going to get a lot of mainstream growth. I did like the bus ads and the tube ads, though. I wonder if that's going to be again part of the this big push that they're saying that they're going to do. But it's not really come to fruition so far. We're eleven days into July, so I wonder if they're you know, maybe looking at mid to late July or, or if they're going to just go gung-ho at the beginning of August when the football season, the butterflies start flying for the uh, in people's stomachs for uh, the next season. Yeah, I think that is the time to go for it, to be honest. I think people going on the index now, particularly for new people, probably not the greatest time to get them signed up. So at least if they sign up in August, they can kind of see PB moving along and... Um, players scoring on that and people scoring or going up in price because they're scoring well rather than young players going up because they score a couple of goals in the under 18 <laughs> world cup yeah i think late july august is the time for them to ramp it up and hopefully they do so uh right we've got a question here from stanford if you could ask the management team at football index towers one question and get a completely honest answer to it what would it be and why difficult yeah, about six months ago, I think, pretty much, maybe six months, maybe a year, it'll be something to do with their finances, um, whether they actually made any money, because everyone makes so much money to Football Index actually make any money. But I doubted that before, and now I doubted people that thought they didn't make money. And now, to be honest, like I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure they are making good money, so... I guess maybe a bit of reassurance on that, maybe, but it wouldn't be a huge problem for me. I guess just what their future intention is, whether it's, I saw a bit of discussion about Football Index and whether they wanted to, how long it would take before they tried to sell it to like Betfair or one of the big bookmakers. So if they wanted to roll out their roadmap for me, that would mm. be quite quite interesting. But again, I don't really see that as something coming up particularly soon so there are a few things i'd like them to do but actually asking them questions about 
probably not too much, apart from when are they going to make these announcements that we talked about mm. earlier, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the uh, initial one. I think the finance side of it was would probably be mine as well. Um, I think you'd be remiss if you, you didn't think of that at the back of your mind at some point, um, looking at kind of like FI's business model, because it is so unique and, and how it works, uh, how the internals work. Um, but, you know, we'll probably never know that. And that's their right to do so, right? Yeah, yeah. You got anything else to add on that, on that, Ben? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> FI Golazo uh, here. What is the magic formula to be successful on the index based on your experience? And has your formula changed over the past few weeks and months due to the huge growth in the platform? Looking ahead, what are your thoughts, essentially? Grazie mille. <laughs> you know, everything, everything. <laughs> He wants to know everything about me, I think. Uh, my previous strategy, my future strategy. I think what I've changed in the, in the past few weeks and months is, is quite interesting because I used to be quite set on kind of the dividend players and just holding them, um, always looking for <clears throat> media, always looking for PB. But I think last few months, particularly before the transfer window, and it's maybe something I'm going to veer away from for the actual season is I sold off quite a lot of my players and just went into transfers, which in the past I never would have even thought about. I'd have been set on, well, Pogba, Neymar, they're going to be great next season, so I'd take a bit of a hit during summer. But I realised that if I was actually on it and I had some spare time and could be ready to like see the big rise in transfers, um, why not take some money out of Pogba, Neymar? I'd reduce them from like 3,000 to mm. 1,000 and spread the money out a lot more because I could see that they're at quite a big high after the um, share split. And I didn't didn't sell them soon enough at the end of the day, but I think the money that I've made, I never would have made in the past because I would have been a bit stubborn and just kept it all in them and thought, oh, they'll eventually rise or win a few dividends to go along with it. But it's just keeping up with the platform. Like, I bought some Brewster, I bought some players for pre-season, uh, I bought some players for um, when media's being opened up. Not as long-term holds, but just because you can kind of see it coming, you know they're going to get their rise at some point. And I've become less fussy about actually holding on to them, like thinking there could be further rises. If they do get high enough, then I'm willing to sell and move into someone else. So I guess just trading more. Um there's no point in seeing all this growth go go along around you and just think, well, eventually they'll come onto my players. It's it's worth actually chasing it at some points, I think. So, um, interesting, yeah. interesting. I think uh, <laughs> he's trying to get your whole formula, isn't he? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, it's definitely so. Definitely, my plan has become more settled for the season. The season ahead, I've got quite a few young players, but not. 18-year-olds, more like 23-year-olds, so they're proven. And then I'll probably try and stick with them a bit more. But uh, we'll see. I'll probably get into January transfer soon, so then I'll be a whole new game, won't it? So. <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, the low-hanging fruit on FI are players that you know are going to rise, right? And those players yeah. that you think you know you're gonna are going to rise, they won't always rise, but... If you're 70% right, then the players that you buy that you know are going to rise at some point soon in the next, say, six to nine months, then if you're 70% correct, you're going to make a fair bit of money. So 
that low-hanging fruit and continually topping up those players that haven't really exploded yet, but you know are going to rise in the next three, six, nine months, whatever, is probably a, a decent quote-unquote formula to make a decent amount of money in the in the next kind of three, six to nine months, I'd say. Yeah, so I definitely had that um, Donny van der Beek before. Uh, I kind of kept on topping it up like December, um, January, February, because I could see the players around him. I knew it was going to rise at some point probably one of my most successful like trades all in all i don't own any of him anymore but uh absolutely loved like just buying more and more and more when he dropped i've got a similar player to that at the moment but he's not looking quite as good but sometimes when you see a player is undervalued just go for it put a fair bit of money into them and um usually it's gonna work so Mm. Mm. fi unicorn this kind of going back to the conversation we had about international growth which seems you're not quite bothered about, Ben. <laughs> Question about international growth. Which countries can Football Index look to penetrate in the future? Would the USA be a possibility? Yeah, so I gave a short shrift earlier, but um, ultimately I'd love them to be international. I'd love them to be in Germany. USA would be amazing. Um, I can't see it. So, well, I can't see it short term anyway. So USA, they're obviously all possibilities, but... I kind of would prefer if they waited to go into Germany. They waited to when the US ban or whatever gets lifted, uh, at least in certain states. I kind of wish they'd wait a bit and then have time to like set up a specific team for that country. I sort of I feel like it might be a bit wasted at times going into these countries but not really doing anything with them. I think they've got a massive, massive market in the UK still to reach. So. No country grows to like become bet three six five in a couple of mm. years. So I know everyone wants everything immediately, but from my point of view, if it was another five years and they're still in the UK, I wouldn't necessarily be that bothered. But at the same time, if they did successfully launch in the USA, that's great. Like everyone would love it. But personally, if I was in charge, I wouldn't be chasing that too much. But it could be a bit of a race, though, to the US in terms of gambling companies going out there when the regulations do get a little bit less tight right yeah true if they got in there early maybe the us is a slightly different example because it's got such massive potential and obviously it's not really been exploited at all Mm. as yet so it'll be interesting like if they did go for it i'd just love for them to invest as much money as they have in the uk if that was feasible because that would just be amazing yeah that's the problem, isn't it? Not kind of spreading yourself too thin, right? Yeah, which I think they they possibly have done with the territories so far, but then they were never going to be, apart from you made a good point on Ireland, but the others maybe weren't going to be massive acquisitions anyway. So yeah, it'll be brilliant, but I'd just love them for love if they did do it, to like go all in and just smash it basically, but... We'll see. We yeah, will see. It would be brilliant. Well, what's your thought on, uh, you know, before we move on to our last question, a couple of things, you know, order books, and then we'll move on to kind of other sports being introduced, other indexes. What about order books? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think order books, to give a really simple answer, is going to scare loads of people, but at the end of the day, it's going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> so I think it's it's good for them. Um, takes out like the massive liability that Instant Sale currently gives them. And I think the fact the market is as big as it is. I think when it was first mooted, it wasn't, it was never going to be feasible because 
there wasn't enough trading going yeah. on. But you just go on the homepage these days and people buying players right, left and centre that you've never heard of. Like there's so much liquidity in it. I think order books would, yeah, I, I'd have no problem with it. If they brought it in tomorrow, then yeah, it doesn't really worry me at all. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you think if I could maybe try and allay those fears that people think it's too complicated? Good question, because I don't think they are very good at that generally. <laughs> um, I think like one of my major just annoyances, not a massive thing, but the fact that like media opening up is good because it reduces some of the complexity of football index. But I know you've talked about it before and everyone's talked about it and they've got that academy or I've never been on it because... <laughs> Yeah, because like I know, I know how the index works and everything. So maybe I should have had a look before this. But just have a simple page. Like it's hard enough to even find the scoring matrix. I think for like performance buzz, I don't think they're very good at simplifying things. Just a simple page explaining all dividend payouts and how things work. So yeah, if they could do order books and like explain it, that'd be brilliant. I just I do I do sometimes doubt their ability just to simplify things and kind of over like a lot of their announcements as well just i remember when ipds came in and adam cole's letter and i think he had a mistake in it i can't remember exactly what it was ah what was it it was um something about players being owned for 30 days and when they yeah yeah it was a a date issue wasn't it yeah they gave an example it didn't really seem to make sense so yeah again like I'd, i'd be fine with them bringing it in but Please, Football Index, if you're listening, just give it a pre-freed and just like idiot test it kind of thing. Because I do, yeah, it does sometimes frustrate me that they seem to fall down on that side mm. of things. Mm. What about the other kind of elephant in the room that hasn't, that's maybe become a smaller elephant in the last kind of few months because everything's been so positive? Other indexes, what about that? How do you think that would work? I don't really know why they're looking into some of them. Um I think Mike tweeted, so at one point it was a name for 2019. I think that was said in one of the trader meets, which I think everyone kind of saw and doubted strongly anyway. But then I think he put a tweet out relatively recently and said it wouldn't be. He sort of replied to someone and said it wouldn't be this year. Um, I don't know why they're so obsessed with tennis index. Like how many people are actually interested in tennis? Not really sure about that one. I'm not really sure that any index, any rival index, would be worth their time, really, um, apart from one involving US sports in the US. So I don't really see them as a threat because I don't really think that there'll be much of a success, to be honest. But at the end of the day, if they, they did bring them in, then people would initially panic, yeah. <laughs> probably. Um There'll be all kinds of scaremongering saying I'll take all my in, all my index money out and put it into thirty eight year old Roger Federer because he'll win loads of bars. <laughs> but I don't think they'd be priced like that, right? Yeah, I think they said that they put them in at more realistic prices. But also, to be completely honest with you, I'd be very surprised if tennis index was brought in this year, next year, or or mm. ever really. And if it was eventually brought in. Football index would be booming so much that I don't think anyone would really bat an eyelid. So it surprises me that they're that interested in it. But if they genuinely are, then football index must be doing really well for them. So yeah, I doesn't really 
amongst a few things that sometimes annoy slash frustrate me about football index i don't think them bringing in a rival index something i really ever ever think about or worry about to be honest mm, mm. we've got a last question here from the uh, fi investor which teams are you looking forward to watching next season and who are your top three breakout stars for next season and why i didn't actually see that i saw the first part of that question yeah, so my three teams are actually four teams, but there we go. Um, Leipzig um, under Nagelsmann seems like could be quite an interesting fit. They've got a few decent players. Obviously, they're behind Dortmund and Bayern, but maybe they could be a bit um, bit under the radar. Could be an interesting one. I think everyone's talking about them, but Leicester are going to be could be quite exciting. I, I also kind of feel like they might be overhyped and they might just end up finishing like seventh, eighth, along with Wolves. But they've brought in some good signings and Brendan likes to play some interesting football at times. So, yeah, they could be good. And also the two Milan clubs, like I remember like not so long ago, obviously when they were giants of European football, I mm. think into bringing in Conte is a really interesting one. Hopefully, like I kind of hope for the Italian league that they're a bit more competitive because yeah. Napoli are decent, but... I don't think they're going to break Juventus' hold on the title. They, they certainly haven't so far. And um, AC Milan, like, kind of probably more out of hope than expectation. But, yeah, it'd be nice to see a strong AC Milan. So they seem to be spending a bit of money, like, decides not to go into Europa League. So they must have a bit of cash floating around, ready to make a few signings. So, yeah, I'm hoping the two Milan clubs do something this year. Breakout stars, um, don't know, might pass this over to you because I've not really thought about it maybe <laughs> Felix at Atletico that's going to be an interesting one because he doesn't seem to fit their style at all I think I read an article the other day saying maybe Simeone's gonna change everything <laughs> about Atletico and they're suddenly going to become an exciting team to watch but I do doubt it that's going to be tough isn't it <laughs> yeah I wouldn't think that but um don't broke what isn't yeah. fixed don't uh exactly yeah, don't fix what isn't broken rather you know like yeah, they've, they've just, won titles they've got the Champions League finals yeah they beat Madrid to the title and Barcelona to the title and got far in the Champions League so uh, yeah I, just, I don't really understand that signing but so it'll be quite interesting to see how he does um other young stars, I'll just go for standard like Sancho. The English crop are going to be interesting to watch. So, yeah, they could be good. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't obviously I don't want to name names in terms of players specifically. I don't want to kind of influence anyone's decisions in, in buying <laughs> or selling. But teams, I agree, Leipzig could be quite interesting. Curious to see what happens in the Premier League if signings don't get made. You know, if, I was listening to the Ask Blog Ask Cast the other day. They were kind of discussing whether or not the top six will become the top eight or whether or not even the top four are that far away from the teams below them. You know, like Chelsea only came one point above Arsenal. It is really only the top two that are out on their own. And then there's kind of a chasing pack of four. And then there's a couple or two or three, maybe, maybe even four that are kind of like on the heels of those. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I personally don't think that we're going to see any new faces in the top six. I don't know. I can't really see it. Um, but I think people really underestimate how hard it is to to kind of break teams that are used to winning quite a lot often. Yeah, I agree completely. I think Leicester are going to be interesting, but I would be surprised if they got in the top six. Yeah, again, I've seen lineups with, you know, Damari Gray on the left and stuff and, and Vardy yeah. up top and Johnny Evans, who is a half-decent centre-back yeah. at the back. But And, you know, people are always going to try and poach their players. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. 
Uh, the other ones that I can think of, uh, maybe Monaco. They were just so bad last season. They can't be that yeah, bad again. Awful. And well, uh, apparently they lost their first preseason for only like five 0 against some. Maybe that's just a terrible, team, terrible so. prediction by me. Then clearly, yeah. But no, they were they were quite good, weren't they? When they when they're doing well, mm. so getting far in the Champions League, they would be. That'd be good. A niche one, I think, um, with Max Kruser leaving Bremen, this is really specific, but seeing, I quite like it when there's a very dominant player at a team and they leave or they stop becoming as relevant. So maybe when Fakir leaves Leon, or if he does this season, or, you know, Kroos has left Werder Bremen already, mm. uh, those players that are usually really dominant in terms of like taking every set piece, taking every penalty, they get lots of shots, they get loads of possession. What happens to the rest of the pieces in the jigsaw puzzle then? Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see that. Even Chelsea, you know, Hazard going. What's yeah, going to happen that, there? Yeah, that will actually be interesting. Yeah. Uh, if United lose Pogba, who kind of fills that void. I'd love Man United to finish bottom half. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. But uh, Let's see. Let's see. Radio Ben, this has been a pleasure, mate. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Um, where can people yeah. find out more about you? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter, um, Benigno10. I was going to say, actually, I feel a bit of a celebrity. After you gave me the shout out um, about coming on the pod, I've got over 100 more followers. No so way. That's, I feel like uh... a massive celebrity. They're probably all going <laughs> to leave after this. So it was nice knowing you. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, come to me, any questions, that kind of stuff. Damn, I should have charged you for that, 100 followers. Yeah, I know. You, you can actually pay for followers, can't you? <laughs> you, so can. you should... Um, get into that business (laughs) if you guys are commuting thank you very much for watching and i hope this speeds up your commute wherever you're going wherever you're going to work or whatever you're doing if you're not commuting doing whatever you're doing i saw someone post a i think a tweet of them being in ireland but by a pool it looked really sunny looked like they were (laughs) on holiday somewhere listening to the show which uh, i really enjoyed Sorry if we didn't get on to answer all your questions. As Ben just mentioned, he's a bit of a celeb these days. So uh, there was over like 50, 60 questions or whatever. It was hard to pick. Thank you guys very much for watching and have a great day.